0: podcast coach steve is here back with you this time around though i've swapped out scotty for nick nick is back from vegas barely barely he is no longer drinking as scott tried to implicate last weekend when he made his picks we are back we're not going to talk too much about last week nick because last week let's be honest was not a good week where we had back-to-back rough weeks
1: we're on a cold streak let's call it what it is um yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, the the locks weren't good, but I can tell you, just about every other thing I bet turned out to be okay. Uh, Champions League was good, MLS was good. I threw out a lot of plays on Twitter, so I mean, I'm I'm happy about that. I didn't come home without money, but certainly wish that our locks uh, performed a little bit better over the past couple of weeks.
0: And the steady been- out picks we threw on Patreon, uh, we are. Four and four plus uh, half a unit. So we, we made a little bit of money there. Not not anything yeah, to brag about, but at, about at least it's th- plus three money.
1: or four weeks in a row though, plus money uh, yeah. on Patreon. So definitely happy about that.
0: We've got a bunch of them out there on on there. If you're listening, probably on Thursday, there'll only be a couple matches left, but we do have some plays in there for Thursday. If you catch this before then, our our week midweek picks are free for all on our Patreon page. You can get the link um on our Twitter page or it's just spot on Patreon to check out some of the additional stuff we're putting on there, including some free picks um, occasionally, depending on when there's midweek and when we have time to record or not record and whatnot. So we have a big episode here. We are going to have a special guest to come on and preview the Liverpool Tottenham matchup, which is the big one in the premier league. Uh, but before we get there, Nick, let's go to Out first since that's usually our bread and butter. Scotty is on vacation. He's usually our premier league guy. So we're bringing on a guest to to help us fill in the gaps there. But, Two big ones in Italy this weekend, really in terms of head-to-head. In in when you're thinking about name-brand teams, um, and actually, before we get there, let's talk about something else that's going on in Italy, and that is Napoli um, disaster. Just about two hours ago, it was tweeted by you know people like fabrizio Romano and a couple other uh, journalists there that Victor Osimhen has not only threatened to sue the team, he has taken down all images of himself in a Napoli kit off his social media, which in the in the age we live in is generally an indication that things have gone really south really fast
1: yeah um apparently Napoli's social media posted some um I don't know out of color content in in regards to OCMN I'm certainly I don't think we're going to get into the details of what was posted or how we feel about it but um probably not their best move I I know you know that there's there's arguments back and forth on, oh, well, they don't understand what they're doing. that they, this, this wasn't meant in this way. This, that, the other. Whatever the case may be, is uh, the team hasn't gotten off to a good start. No. Uh, the fans are revolting around Rudy Garcia being appointed. I think that's something you and I pointed out very mm-hmm. early in the season that would happen. Didn't think it would happen this early. Um, and and Osimhen listen, got off to a good start the first two games. Hasn't looked the same since. He's pretty pissed off at substitution i think uh maybe even two games in a row so um it's it's kind of a mess right now and it's you know you wonder if it's repairable at this point in time is this something that you know listen i thought that he came out and apologized early this morning so I, i thought things were better but is he pissed off to a to a point that this can be fixed is he looking to just milk the situation, maybe get a transfer and a payday. Does he just want a public apology from the team? I I mean, I don't know what the end game is here from him or from the team, but certainly less than ideal start to kick off your um, repeat campaign for the championship.
0: Yeah. In terms of title defense, this is starting to go South real quick. We we mentioned Garcia early in the season. I mean, he hasn't been managing in Europe for quite some time. He was in the Middle East last season, last few seasons. Uh, it was a head scratcher of a move. And, you know, I, I know I think De Laurentiis said it had something to do with the formation and wanted to stick with the 4 3 3. There's a lot of guys that play 4 3 3, let's be honest. Yeah, um, hate it. Guys that have been maybe in Sedia or lower Premier League club or Bundesliga, someone who's more relevant at the moment. And I think that is creating frustration. You saw Osimhen get really heated when he was pulled over the weekend in a in a nil nil match that he missed a penalty kick and cost me a parlay because i had four out of four heading into that five leg parlay so that hurt me at the Um, money line yep uh, had the money line and then this happens and it's like i can tell you right now if there's a prop for napoli not to finish top four if, if this if he does not play again for napoli and he holds out for a january move when afcon comes around if if it goes that far Lock it in; they won't finish top four. I- I'm saying that right now.
1: Yeah, let's see. I mean, there's two games this week. Uh, I don't. I, I haven't kept up with like what this means for. They play tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Or, you they know, do play tomorrow. If, if you listen to this, they've already played. Um, you know, it, it's fascinating to see what's going to happen if he will feature. Um, but he's not really the big issue. They have other guys that they need to get going. Kavara is one of them. I think that he has played decently well if not very well he hasn't gotten the goal that he's craving i think at this point it's it's almost a weight on his shoulders right Mm -hmm. um but i I don't think it's necessarily impacted his play you know outside of just not getting the goal he's been okay but um raspadori has looked average Uh, i mean i think that's kind of player he is. Uh, I think he he's a little bit better than how he's been playing. Simeone, I believe does not have a goal yet. He, he certainly had the most limited minutes of all the forwards. So um they need to they need to figure it out. I mean, they averaged 3 goals a game last year and they're nowhere close. When when was the last time Napoli were held scoreless? I mean, I, I honestly can't even remember. I think it might be in that that Champions League first leg, uh you know, when they were eliminated to Milan. Uh, uh I'm trying to think of the last time they didn't have a goal. So it, they have to figure it out. OC men certainly being on the pitch is the fast track way to do that. Yeah. If he's not going to feature for the next couple of games, this could go from bad to worse.
0: It could certainly go from bad to worse. And they've scored eight goals in five matches, which for them is, is not much, right? I right. mean, you look at the rate they were scoring last season. Defense has still been solid. It was a nil-nil this past week, and they've given up five in five matches. But having lost Kim in the defense, having lost – Spalletti on the bench, and then if Oseman is out for any length yep. of matches, right, especially with the Champions League looming again yep. in another week, um, it, could, it could get ugly for Napoli in, in terms of just not achieving what they expected to achieve this year. I mean, Inter, we saw already, is head and shoulders above everybody on the pitch. So yeah. their title defense is already in, in dire straits just because Inter's so good, not because and, they haven't been amazing, but Inter's been outstanding,
1: And this is a betting show. Let's remind the listeners that Inter were the preseason favorites to win the title. That is for good reason. You're seeing it five out of five, right? Um, Inter and Milan are head and shoulders above the rest of the league right now. Juventus has looked good, Um, you know, and the thing that's worrying about Napoli is it's not just them who haven't played to their potential. It's also the rest of their competition it's Roma it's Lazio it's Fiorentina it's Atalanta so those are the the three or four other teams that Napoli is going to be battling with for now what looks like to be the fourth place spot right and it's very early it's five weeks into the season a lot can happen but we can only call it as we see it through the first five games so it is definitely an uphill battle and this is this is something that they cannot afford to have happen at this moment in time. They better fix this, figure it out, or get a hundred and fifty million for this guy. And and that might even be less likely because of you know, you know he wants out. You have no leverage. Yeah. So really gonna be fascinating to see how this unfolds over the next couple of days, weeks, who
0: knows. And one thing I'm curious now, they play Udinese tomorrow. Uh, most people have listened to this by the available, you know, and have played out by the time people listen. I mean, Udinese is plus 750 on the money line. I know they don't score goals, but like if Oseman doesn't play, where the the goals coming from for Napoli? Like, is it worth a shot at, you know, a, a Udinese plus a goal and a half at minus 140? Maybe. Yeah,
1: definitely. Uh, if he's not playing, right? I, Napoli hasn't shown that they could win games by two plus goals yeah. at this point in time. They, and, and they've come from behind in almost every game.
0: Yeah. And if he's not playing on the weekend, um, they're playing at Lecce. That that was a match they lost last season in their title season. Uh, Sir, Leche's do not been...
1: spoil my lock.
0: Yeah. So I'll save it then because it is, it is in there, but that is something we will touch on Uh quickly before we get to the Premier League, Nick, let's talk about Milan Lazio, your club and, and then Atalanta, Juventus. Those are the two big ones. On the weekend, we've got Milan minus 130 on the money line. Lazio's plus 320 at the San Siro. Uh, rumor is Scott might make his way there. Uh, <laughs> would, so maybe to, to heck so their team.
1: What I will tell the listeners is, and we will follow up with this on Twitter. If Scott is at the game, you can bet your entire fucking betting bankroll on Milan minus 130. That is the lock of the millennium if Scott makes it to this game. That, like There's no doubt about that um i i i'll say it coach i mean listen lazio are, they're in a situation not too dissimilar to napoli they're it's been a dumpster fire they have one win their only win is over napoli they need this win i i can't imagine there's a way that they get it i think these odds are that way for a reason uh it, it's in milan if i'm not mistaken yes. so you know that's another uphill battle lazio just cannot seem to find the scoring touch uh their new players have not gelled yet there's fitness issues not only with the new signings who didn't have a full training camp but for the guys who've featured in five straight games plus a champions league game so um it's it's absolutely a mystery uh, who's going to play this weekend we don't even know who's going to play tomorrow right so that's that's two games in four days or five days three games in seven days um it's a bad situation I, i just you know you know me i've been very 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 critical of Saudi for good reason how he doesn't have this team Motivated, ready to play. How Lazio is the only team in the league that you hear about with fitness issues through five games. It, it's mind blowing. And I cannot envision a scenario where they come out and get a win. I think, you know, could they potentially cover a spread? Could they get a draw? A draw would almost feel like three points in this one. Um it's rough and lazio you know i bet on them last week you guys had your say on that one obviously you were right and i was wrong i i just they are they're like the chelsea of serie a right now they're not they're they're not as good as they should be and they're most certainly not worthy of a bet they're not worthy of your money at this point in time
0: yeah in terms of fitness issues i think it's something in the water in rome because rome is going through the same thing <laughs> but you know, two
1: stubborn managers i guess don't know
0: yeah. and Talk about the two most underachieving teams in, in Serie A. If they were both playing better, then I think a lot more focus would be on Napoli. Yeah. Um, I think you're right in terms of the lines. The lines are like this for a reason. Lazio does seem to pull out these these big games out of the rear end sometimes. Yes. We saw it against uh, against Napoli. Um, that was a big win. That was their only win of the season. They, they've lost to Lecce. They've lost to uh, Genoa, right? And then there they were beating Napoli in the third match week of the season. So I'm not counting Lazio completely for that reason. Um, they do seem to step up in big matches. But when I hear Sadi talk about, you know, oh, we're not accustomed to playing in the Champions League. Meanwhile, they kind of threw the Conference League last yeah. season when that was a an Clown. achievable European competition for them. It, to me, he has no, no credence um, nope. to be able to say things like yeah. that because yeah. you threw the Conference League to get into the top four, had a very good season, it worked out, and now you have excuses.
1: How could anybody on this squad be motivated to play for him after hearing things like that? That that's just what I don't understand. And I think if we look at game by game, you mentioned the losses. They also lost the Aventis. They just drew Monza. The win against Napoli doesn't look so good all of a sudden, right? And maybe yeah. it looked good two weeks ago, and you're like, oh wow, this could turn Lazio's season around. Well, they've lost and drew since, and Napoli is in a absolute spiral, as we just mentioned. So, how good is that win really? And this is something I said earlier on in the season. Uh, I was actually on with the with the Calcio guys who, shout out to them, they just celebrated their fifty year and 200th episode. Three great guys. We've been on with them a lot. Um, you know, they had me on and they were like, man, you, you know, you got to be excited after this win. I said, you know, I'm really not. They're, they're, they have to prove it to me that they could do this week in and week out. And the schedule is still really tough the three, four, five weeks ahead. So until I see it, what's there to be excited about? One win? And here we are. Oh, looks like I was right.
0: Yeah. And if they lose to Milan and you have four points through six matches, the panic button starts to get hit a little bit, I think. Uh,
1: And and how do you not contemplate the managerial switch at that point in time? I'm not saying it's going to happen. And the argument against it is, oh, well, who's out there? Who are you going to replace him with? Well, what's he getting you? It's year three. And I I say the same thing about Mourinho. It's a little less fair with Mourinho because you guys have actually won a trophy, but has the program advanced at all in two and a half years? They haven't. Neither team. They're they Roma's finished what sixth, seventh, sixth or fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever it is. His two they, seasons were I think uh, right?
0: sixth and sixth. Yeah.
1: Okay, so what really are we doing with these high-profile managers? How 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 are the clubs getting better? I don't see it.
0: Yeah, it's certainly something that. In on CDT with all my Roma writing, you see it on the message boards all the time, like people debating, should he stay? When do the Freakins consider getting rid of him? I, I don't think Mourinho goes anywhere. Yeah. Um, And I think that would be validated to stick with him at this point because he's on a three-year contract. If things go south, you can just kind of wash your hands at the end of the season. Uh, but yeah. it's certainly something that might start getting bandied around Lazio circles too if Soddy keeps it up and then he keeps making excuses about it. So you've got Nick's impressions there. He's Certainly fading his own side. Uh, one more quick one before we get to the the Liverpool Spurs match is Atalanta is hosting Juve. This is a this is a pretty big one. Uh, Atalanta plus one forty five, Juve plus one seventy. We can confirm at recording time, Juve has won their midweek match, which pushes them to third. Atalanta could leap uh, as high as third, depending on the Milan result on the weekend. Um, they have nine points heading into the midweek, so uh, big big head to head because. If Atalanta can win on the midweek and then win again on the weekend, they're ahead of Juve. Um, maybe prove that they're back after a down year last year. I'm looking at this one. I see goals in it. I, I looked at the over as a potential lock, and yeah. it, it wasn't a good number. Um, but I, I see goals in this one. Do you like either side head-to-head? Head, it's in Bergamo.
1: Yeah, so this is probably the, the trickiest match of the slate, and it's not a great slate this weekend. Tough, tough games to handicap. Um, but you know, this is the toss-up. This is the maybe biggest matchup. Um, I, I take a look at the lines, and when you see Atlanta as a favorite, that like it jumps out to me. Like it, it tells me the they're probably going to win this match. Uh, not that I think they're going to win. Not that I think they're a better team. Just strictly looking at the numbers, looking at the odds. We've bet this scenario a thousand times. The team that's favored like this usually comes out on top. So that's just a bit of advice that's a bit of a lean. I agree with you. I think there's goals in this one. Atalanta have been scoring as of late. I think they have two goals in in three or four straight. Juve today looked actually really good. They only got one goal, but they had about 20 shots. Chiesa looked incredible and he's been playing as a forward. He played with Milik today, so Vlahovic didn't even start. Um Juve starting to put it together. Um you know, I I think certainly top four is theirs to lose. So this is a game. You could see a two, one, a two, two, a three, two, even. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. And I think both defenses have been okay. Right. Nobody's like, it's not the UVA defense that we've um, that we've known over our lifetime. I think Chesney is, is past his prime. Uh, I mean, I think that's very fair to say. So it's going to be an interesting match for me. It's one where I'm going to sit back and enjoy it. Um, But, but just, wouldn't be shocked if I came to you guys on Monday and said, Told you Atalanta was going to pull it out. I mean, does it make sense? But the odds tell the story.
0: Yeah. And actually, I want to correct myself. The, the over number wasn't as bad as I thought it was minus 130. It was a little, little more oh, yeah. than I wanted to go to no, with, no, no. Uh, with a lot. A but it's, it's still a good number. I would, um,
1: I would advise that as a bet to anybody yeah. that's listening.
0: Uh, Juve is actually averaging three goals per match combined, you know, four and conceded. And so is Atalanta. Atalanta's got 15 goals in their matches and five. Juve's got 18 and six. Both divide evenly to three, so uh, I think the three goal number is is certainly validated. It is hard to pick a winner in a match like this because I think yep. this is the the most tightly contested match of the weekend. You see both clubs being plus money usually speaks to that. Yep. Um, if you like a club, take a shot, but I, I think no, the go overs, draw no
1: bet get the protection. Yep. Take your club; it'll probably be that minus one twenty, minus one thirty range.
0: Yeah, go for it. I think you go there, or you go to the to the over. So yeah, I like the over. That, that's really the ones we're looking at uh, in Italy. Of course, if you're on our Patreon or you want to join our Patreon, we will have more set bets for you, uh, besides our locks coming at you probably by Friday or so uh, for the weekend kickoff. So without further ado, we're going to bring on our guest now, and it is Andy from happyhoursports.net. Andy is back on the pod. So Andy, welcome. Uh, thanks again for coming on. And we're here to talk your squad, Liverpool.
2: Yeah, what's up, guys? Appreciate y'all bringing me on. Um, it is always a pleasure and a privilege to join you guys and talk some footy. Um, I'm happy to talk about it, man. This is a this is a hell of a start for us so far. I'm pretty happy about it. Um, there have been flashes where I'm like, are we actually this good or not? And I think this is going to be the true test if the Newcastle match a few weeks ago wasn't already.
0: Yeah, yeah no this is a big it. one for Liverpool, right? Because after last season, they kind of had to prove they were back to people. And I think they're starting to get there. You know, Scotty's been talking about it now, uh, talked about it most of the offseason, how they need to rebuild that midfield, rebuild that midfield. They've seemingly done that. Uh, heading into this one, just to give a little background. Liverpool is currently where'd my standings go? They just disappeared on second me. place, second 16 place, points. 16 points. Tottenham fourth with 14 points. Spurs, to me, has been one of the surprise outfits. I thought after Harry Kane left, we all kind of agreed on the pod that they would take more of a step back, and they've been yep. pretty good. Um, I think the managerial change has done them well. Um, but let's start with Liverpool, since you are someone who hones in on Liverpool. What have the signings done? Um so Belay in the midfield, and, you know, they brought in McAllister. I think this has made a big difference for the team now.
2: Yeah, this has been night and day. Um, I was one of uh, the fan. The fan base was kind of split in half last season where half of us were like, can we please get Henderson and Milner the hell out of the club they've been fantastic servants to the club, but they're so old and washed. Uh, Fabinho too looked old and washed, even though I believe he's only 31, but um, the whole midfield just was part of his uh, Klopp's old system being that they were run ragged from such a gang press press uh, style of ball paired with that. We were traditionally just running kind of the four, three, three, with uh, Bobby as the false nine pivot. And when we transitioned to that, uh, having that striker in 2022, we're bringing Luis Diaz, put him at left wing and then move Mane up to striker and then put Bobby on the bench. It worked because Tiago was there on the left mid to kind of help have a creative path path on the left. So we weren't just predictably crossing it from the sides, but that was really it. Like there was no other pivots on the right-hand side. Um, Fabinho and Henderson, I mean, it is what it is. And then last season, you just see that happen where like the personnel was just not there at all. And that's why we were so bad. And people blended on Mane leaving, people blended on this and that, uh, on Darwin's form. I, I truly do believe that it was the midfield last season. I mean, you can point to other things here and there, uh, like the exits, like some guys' form and all of that. But it truly was. There was no midfield to actually supplement the style of ball that Klopp wanted to play until we fell into that 3-4-3 um, three, three that we ran for the final 10 games of last season. And having Trent there to cover Fabinho in the middle and also having Curtis at left mid, which was a ray of sunshine, man. I cannot believe that Curtis, who looks so uh, – he would have flashes, right? But otherwise, he kind of looked over uh, – a bit over his head at times. That squad was able to piece together 10 unbeaten games, and then we're rolling it into this season too. And that's directly just because we're finally able to run this formation that Klopp wants where we can actually get creation through the middle – from Sly, who has been a godsend, man. I mean, he yeah. he is unbelievable. This guy has to be one of the best midfield signings we've made in a really, really, really long time. Um, and then McAllister, too. I mean, Sly is getting a lot of the shine, but McAllister had one of the most beautiful through balls I saw uh, in months, maybe years, last, last week, or a, few, a couple of days ago against West Ham, where he just sent it right on Darwin's boot, and then Darwin put it in. So um, these guys have been able to basically pivot from what we were used to and, and show that the transition that we saw last season that looked good in 20, in the spring of 2022, but the personnel was not there for it back then. And it surely was not there for all of last season. They find it's finally showing, okay, like this transition of how we're going to play ball and actually have a true striker instead of having that false nine. uh, It it can work because we have the personnel. It's just God willing. These guys stay healthy.
1: (laughs) So the thing I'll say uh that first of all, thank you for that incredible analysis. Um Pool, I, I said this to Scotty, and I'm pretty sure he agreed if I look back at it, but Liverpool are so spoiled to have five, six, seven guys who I feel like are truly versatile that they can play in multiple positions if the formation were to change, and like you said, they're starting to come into a groove, so I don't see that happening. But um, their forwards to me seem like they can play in either wing. They could play in the middle if they need to be. The midfielders don't seem like they need to be locked down into any one position. Um, Steve mentioned it, man. This is one of the, the better windows, the, the more unheralded windows that we've seen because you have teams like City and Chelsea are splashing cash, you know, and, and mediocre guys are going for hundreds of millions of pounds. Poole's just there doing the work. You know, all the shine was on Arsenal after the year they had last year. Deservedly so. They had a phenomenal year. Um, you know, Chelsea is still a darling for whatever reason, because maybe of all the, the cash that they throw out there. United is still United. But, man, here come Liverpool, and, and they're a, a title contender. I mean, it, it the league is better when Liverpool is doing better. I mean, I truly believe that.
2: Uh, I agree, but I'm biased in that sense. <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I think that the problem when you look at like people like Chelsea that have splashed the cash or even United who's kind of splashed the cash without a plan is that part, like there hasn't been a plan behind the buys, like they're buying the big names that have done well in certain systems and certain clubs, and you bring them in and you're running them in your system. Um, and not necessarily tailoring them to their needs. I think Klopp is an exceptional manager in the sense that he's able to run his system And we knew he had his ways, right? I mean, he ran a very similar gig at Dortmund to what he did for us for a long time. But now that he's kind of transitioning, we're able to see what his vision is for this newer group of guys. Whereas when you take a look at Chelsea, I mean, they're just aimlessly buying guys with no strategy, in my opinion, and it shows. Like, they haven't scored a goal in the last three. I'll talk about that more in my locks, but I think that... uh... I think that like when you do stuff like that, it's not necessarily like the way that you should be running a club. And it may may have gotten them where they needed to go for the last several years, last several decades. But now with how competitive the premier league is and how much money, some of these smaller clubs are armed with that they're not necessarily used to some of the smaller clubs being armed with outside of the top six. It really puts them at threat, especially Chelsea. Like I thought that Spurs, Maybe it would be one of the clubs that gets knocked out of the big six because of the emergence of Newcastle. But by the day, it's looking more and more like Chelsea. And just the bad press around that – I like Potch too, so it kind of sucks for him. But there's so much there that Todd Bowley is doing wrong as the owner um, that I think it gives clubs like Liverpool who are able to actually do it their way I'll be, I wish we did spend a little bit more money because we saw they were ready to break the bank on Casado. So I I don't know where that money went. Uh, We'll see where, maybe it's going to the stand that's still under construction and isn't done until December. But anywho, uh, guys like Liverpool actually have a plan. Like City has a plan, right? We've known City always has their plan with that. It just shows people who actually are able to facilitate what's going on um, are able to do well. Brighton too, like to their credit, Brighton has had a plan. Um, when Villa's been able to lay the groundwork with the blip there where Stevie was doing great and then did really shit his second or third season. I forget when he got sacked. Um, those clubs have had a plan, and I think it shows in the standings so far, and it, and it showed last year too.
0: Yeah, and I think you brought up a great point with these smaller clubs that now have the money from the TV revenues and all this that the Premier League brings in. They become threats to some of these these clubs, and now Newcastle, the new ownership, and... Um, at Brighton, you brought up, they don't spend the way some other clubs do, but I, I did see a quote from their sporting director. They yeah. sell and make a lot of money on them. But he said, if you're looking to buy to replace players once they've been sold, you're at a disadvantage already. So they're always looking to advance scout and bringing a guy maybe a half season or a season ahead of when they anticipate maybe someone like Caicedo goes or McAllister goes and, and having those ready-made replacements in the squad at a very affordable price, which they've been able to do. So credit to them um you know Villa's shown flashes even you know west ham they won the conference league last year and looked pretty decent to start the year so there are threats and and chelsea we're gonna i think i guess we'll we'll both get into them in our locks because i have something with them too later um (laughs) they're looking like the team that is is on the outside looking in now and i mean i don't know how much spurs you've watched so far this season in their first six but have if, if you have what have you noticed from them that makes you think that they can stick around maybe with the liverpools and, and the cities and the arsenals of the world for the rest of this season?
2: Yeah. Well, first of all, I think Ange is the first manager to have a song written for him uh, only a month into his tenure. Uh, <laughs> I have not heard of any manager getting a song written this early on, but it is quite the catchy tune. Uh, I was with a Spurs friend of mine over the weekend and he was happy to share it with me multiple times over the weekend. Uh, not just the first. Um, I think that son has kind of, basically just taken over where Kane's left off where it's been insane. You put him in the middle now and he's just absolutely cooking and having his way. That's what worries me because even, I think if he drifts uh, left a bit, so Liverpool's right, he's going to be able to expose um, Joe Gomez or Trent. I don't know if Trent's going to be healthy or not at this stage, but um, Gomez has been a liability when he's playing out at fullback. And that's what worries me as well as like Trent's, hit or miss on defense still. Unfortunately, we know what he is on offense. We know what he is uh, as a creator, but um, I think they're going to expose that right-hand side for Liverpool a bit. But if we can get Canate and Virgil in the back line, I think that that will help cover that a lot. For the rest of the squad, I'd love to see some more. Um, I'd love to see some more Richarlison minutes. I do not like him. In fact, I despise him as a player, but I think that he is a uh, very good goal-scoring threat. And I do think, too, like they... Get, took a chance on Kulashevsky, bringing him in and splashing the cash for him. And I, I haven't really seen enough out of him over the last year. Um, yeah. I think he's been there for, you know, he had t- like been that, two years that
1: one month where he was yeah. really like, Oh wow. What a signing. And then what's he been doing since? I think you're spot on.
0: What was it? Nick Karma. Yeah. He did really well. And then Juve brought him in and he wasn't so yeah. hot. And then he went to Spurs. During oh, that goal. month.
2: It was like his over what it was like his, uh, just shots on goal prop was always just right at one flat and you knew you could just take it and he'd either get one and you push or you he'd have two, three, four, and you'd, yep. and you'd win. Um, and you'd have that security too, that he would, at least as, as long as he got one, you were fine. You're getting your money back. But that's my question for them is like competition wise. I thought they'd looked awesome against Arsenal. And I think they're the better side against Arsenal, but can they keep that up? against the upper level of the Premier League because I just don't think that they're fully armed for a title race. If something, like, God forbid something happens to Son, I think this team's screwed. Yeah. He's really keeping this team afloat similar to how Harry Kane did for a long time. Um, I'm interested to see if they can get one more guy to step up because some of the names they have on offense are not all that impressive to me. I think having Madison in is awesome. He's been he's been a great creator for them and great facilitator, but what does that look like behind them? I think that's kind of where I count my blessings are attacking uh, depth is phenomenal. However, we'd still need to keep our creators healthy just like Tottenham does too.
1: So it's interesting. You singled him out. It's, it's wild to me, five goals in his last four games. I mean, that's for a guy, that's not traditionally a center forward, right? You you mentioned sticking him in the middle. That's a phenomenal run. Um, Tottenham have actually scored two plus goals in every single Premier League match so far this year. That stat blew my mind. Uh, I just credit to them. Um, and, and you mentioned it, coach. Fourth place, 14 points, just two points back to Liverpool. Yep. So could actually jump them with this win. Um, just all things I didn't think we'd be saying a month ago.
0: Yeah, these yeah. two teams are joint third best scoring offenses in in the, uh, the league, both with 15 scored in six matches only behind city 16 and Brian's 18. Wow.
2: Yeah. I think the other thing too, is like Liverpool has had s- their second in the league and goals conceded, which is awesome. It like, when you look at it on paper, it's like, okay, Liverpool's defense is back, but I don't buy a ton of stock into that because when you look at their expected goals allowed, that's 7.63. And that's a diff and that's got a difference of 2.63 over performance. So in my opinion, it it, when I watch us, Maybe it's just me being a biased fan, but there's so many times, there's at least three or four times a game I'm like, holy shit. Oh, my God. Like, And, like, have to catch my breath because there's a, some kind of slip-up that we have on defense where Allison comes and saves us. And he's been working overtime, man. I mean, Allison has been carrying over his form from last season, which has really kept the squad alive. Um, side note, I think it's absolutely criminal that he was not one of the 10 goalkeepers nominated for the um, Ballon d'Or Goalkeepers Award. I think that is out of control, that he wasn't even on the yep. list. But
1: nope. – Still anyway, just, absolutely one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I don't think that's up for debate.
2: Yes, for sure. that That's what will be the difference, I think, because if our guys can keep a level head and really mark Sun, I think it'll make the difference. But to your point, two goals scored in every match for Spurs in the league so far, that's nothing to just downplay at all. And I think that that total being set at three and a half speaks right to it. That total feels right to me. I think this either goes... 3-1 either way or like a 2-2 draw similar to what they just had against Arsenal. I don't really see this going below that.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah sorry, so Coach, did I was going to say? Should we jump into the lines with that in mind?
1: Yeah, no, just just before we do, just two other things we should mention. Um, head-to-head, Liverpool, four wins, two draws in the last two meetings between these clubs. Um, in a couple of other stats, we, we talked about the goal scoring of Tottenham. Liverpool have scored three goals and uh, th- three goals each in their last four matches if if i'm uh seeing that correctly sala goal or assist in every single game this season darwin four goals in his last five matches two assists on top of that so both teams are firing you mentioned the over uh over three and a half is minus 105 the under is minus 120 so i think um I don't know that you're going to get an argument from any of the three of us that the over is absolutely in play here. Uh, And
0: I've got another one that kind of supports that. So I'm looking at their head-to-head streaks uh, here on SofaScore. Spurs hasn't kept a clean sheet against Liverpool in 17 matches. Uh, Liverpool hasn't kept one in six straight against Spurs, and there's been more than two and a half and five out of six, Um, which speaks to it. And Andy, is this right that Liverpool hasn't lost to Spurs in 12 matches?
2: Uh wow! I did not. Yeah, I, 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 did not I didn't realize it was so research. dominant, so one sided. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, damn it, coach! I think you just jinxed it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you took the sting out. Of I'm good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: so what I was going to say is just if you look at the money line, uh, Tottenham plus one eighty five, pool plus one twenty, draw plus three hundred. You know, I, I always take a game like this rivals. Derby match of sorts, you know. Head to head's really close. I, I didn't realize Liverpool has been dominating for all this time. I, I would always say take the underdog, right? Like that—that's kind of the way I lean. You're you're, tr- you're getting a little bit better of a number. Anything could happen in a game like this, right? One kick, one save, one stupid foul. Um, but now I'm rethinking that because the, those numbers don't lie. I mean, that is just sheer dominance. And and you guys have kind of almost talking me off of Tottenham here.
2: My thing is, too, can they string together two really impressive performances like they did yeah. um, against Arsenal and then do it again against another top side in Liverpool? That would be fascinating. Um, I didn't – I mean, I expected to be the slight favorites. It is still fairly slight. At, I think our money line like plus 120-ish, right? Yep. But um, I, I don't like being the favorite in this scenario on the road. They're going to – Vegas likes Liverpool, but I don't uh, – it just makes me uncomfortable as a fan, not as a better, like as a fan, I'm just like, it just gives me the ick. Yeah. Um, I know that the thing that's reassuring though, like I think that we will get the goals to support the total. Darwin has been in great form and his confidence is back. And I think that's going to help a ton too. Uh, I'm going to steal this stat from Paul Joyce, my favorite Liverpool reporter, but Darwin is averaging a goal for Liverpool, like in his career so far, every 141 minutes. So to put that in perspective, Mo Salah for his career with the club is at a goal every 134 minutes. Fernando Torres, 135. Suarez, 138. And Sturridge, 140. So Darwin's right there behind Sturridge at 141, putting him among some of Liverpool's most iconic goal scorers. And I think that he has a chance this season with all these guys being able to supply him the ball. I mean, Salah's got four assists already in six games. It's insane. He's He's, he's more than happy to share and kind of sit back, um and let his friends do the goal scoring where he used to always carry that brunt of the goal scoring. And I think that we're going to see Darwin as a large benefit of that. Gakpo has not looked as sharp this season as he did last, but I do still feel really good that if Klopp can let him go on the wing a bit more, which is more of his natural position, and we saw him even sit him back in the midfield to start the season, which was crazy. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you, if not, you still got Luis Diaz, who looks so solid. The guy's a magician. And then Jota, who we know and love, uh, is a boost and, and depth option off the bench when we need him.
1: Just a, a wealth of riches. And listen, we're you know we're we're obviously previewing the match. We, we we don't need to pick a side, right? You don't need to bet the money line here. We're just kind of giving some advice and some leans. I think the two best bets on the board are Nunez to score plus one seventy. I mean that's that's an insane number considering the form that he's in. I would, based on the numbers we've seen this year. In for Liverpool and for other teams, I would have expected this to be a lot closer to like that plus 120 or even, you know, even close to even money. So I think plus 170 is a fantastic number on him, provided that he starts. And one thing that you said, Andy, that kind of jumped out at me, draw at 300 for two teams like this. I would expect that to be in the plus 220, plus 240 range. So I think plus three hundred is is above average value for that bet. Um, th- those are two I kind of have my eye on here, but definitely the over three and a half at just about even money is it's probably you know that would be my go to.
0: Yeah, I agree there. I like the over three and a half at minus one hundred five. I think that's a good number for for an over and a goal. Uh, what I think could be a goal fest. Um, and you you took my anytime goal scorer pick right there. I think if if Nunez is in that 160 170 range, it might move a, a, you know a little bit each yeah. way. Um, I think if I'm picking one guy to score in this match, based on what Andy said, the way Salah's you know happy to to give up the goal scoring a little bit and, and be more of the assist man, I think it sets Nunez up very nicely against the Spurs team, who's played pretty good defensively, but they have been giving up some goals, and and I think I I could see them giving up two here. And I think if Liverpool gets two, Nunez probably needs one. Um, so so that's one I like, and then Sun isn't a terrible number considering that if Spurs is going to score two, getting him at plus 140 is not a yeah, bad number. Yeah, we talked either. about his form, yeah, 100 yeah. right? Five, coming five off of them a brace, right? Four. Uh, on the weekend, so
2: yeah, I, I I totally agree with uh, I already gave you my thoughts on Darrow, so I won't go on more about that. That's my boy, but uh, I agree about the Sun part. I think that if they're going to have a shot in this game, he's gonna have to score because I don't see, I'm not feeling super threatened by. Their options that they have out left, and I'm not feeling super threatened by, uh, honest, quite frankly, like many of their other attackers. Yeah, um, yeah, I, that, that's that's how I feel about them at that point. Where it's just like, it, it, if anybody's going to score again, it's going to be Sun. Um, and it feels like a basic take, but I mean, he's at plus 140. That's plus money for an yeah. anytime goal scorer. I feel like somebody like him. I was expecting a minus 110 to be honest with you.
1: Yep. Especially the way they've been set up lately. I mean, you gotta was you gotta ride the hot and hand. And
0: yeah, with a total of three and a half, too. Yeah, I think you have to to ride the guy who's been the main goal scorer, especially when they're plus money, you you take a shot on it. Definitely. Uh and especially considering if we see goals in this match. I, I think that's something you gotta look at. Um you know, they don't have any shot props up yet on, on DraftKings yeah. or assist props or anything. I was like looking at to cards are, too, man.
1: There have been a lot yeah. of cards in Premier League games so far this year. It's been a lot of added time, which, you know, you're talking about the 97th, 98th minute. We've seen penalty kicks. We've seen red cards. We've seen cards for time wasting. If that settles around like five and a half, I'm going to be all over that. I, I think each team is good for three.
2: I like that. I like that a lot too.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's see. They're right, the uh, That's just me wish, wishful thinking. Uh, you know, maybe they come in at six and a half or seven. So let's uh, let's be on the lookout.
0: Yeah. A couple other things I would maybe look for that aren't, up yet is maybe like look at James Madison's assist number. He's got four already in six matches, and and if he's he his son twice last week. Maybe see what Salah goal or assist number looks like. It, it might be not the greatest number because his. But his,
1: if that's anywhere close to even money, right? Like I would go even is as, as high or as low, depending on how you look at it. It's like minus one twenty. I, I think that's absolutely playable. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. Totally agree. And, I mean, Nick, you're my source for cards bets and for a corners bets, so I'll ride with you on on either of those. <laughs>
3: Appreciate it. Stay
0: tuned. <laughs> to a Nick's favorites there. So, uh, before we move on to our locks of the week, Eddie, anything else you want to point out in this match that you might be looking at? That's all I've really
2: got. Um, I'm glad that it's a 1230 match so I can sleep in before I go to the pub. But <laughs> that's, my, that's my final thoughts. I mean, uh, in- the last time that I was at the pub was – I've been traveling a lot recently, but the last time I was at the pub was for the Nunez Newcastle game. Uh, and that was the first time I've been in a bar and taken my shirt off and not been kicked out. So that's, let's hope that happens again on Sunday. Oh no, on Saturday.
1: And Andy, correct me if I'm wrong. You said it's uh it's a pretty good like supporters situation, right? For Liverpool, where you go?
2: We do, yeah. So we uh shout out to Barloso in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's it's awesome there. Um I was not the biggest fan at first because we used to watch games in the French Quarter, which is like the huge section of uh, soccer fans in Charlotte and for Charlotte FC games too it's shoulder to shoulder in that alleyway and in every pub. It's crazy. You never would have thought the city would back an MLS team harder but they moved us down to another part of town and um, it was it took some transition time but we've had some great turnouts for the supporters for Liverpool and Charlotte and uh, super grateful to be a part of it. We got a really good nice. really
0: good crowd. Cool. Nice. Hopefully, it's a, a good one for you guys to watch. A lot, a lot of fun, and uh, for your sake, Liverpool and Scotty's sake, Liverpool. But I, I think Nick and I are just looking for a great match, entertaining oh, yeah. match with some goals in it. So let's move on to our locks of the week. We do have Scots. We'll save those for the end. But the three of us will, will bounce back and forth with uh, some of our locks. We'll and, go. And, Nick and I just Andy want to, to shout it
1: out. The last time Andy was on, he gave locks with us, and if I'm not mistaken, he went three and zero. But I, I think, like as a group, we absolutely smoked that week. So. We're going to continue that and get back on the hot streak.
0: Yeah. So since he's our guest, we'll start with Andy. Then Nick will go to you and then we'll go to me and then we'll save Scott's three for the, for the end there.
2: So appreciate it. Hey, like I said, this is uh, actually the highest honor of being on the show is being able to give out the locks at the end. So appreciate you guys giving me the green light to start. I'll go with Chelsea team total under one and a half at minus minus (laughs) one twenty five, And that is going to be a sweaty one. It's not my only sweaty play out of my three, but uh, I think that the problem with Chelsea is that their attack has not clicked at all. I mean, zero goals in their last three games. And they, speaking of cards, I was looking through and they have, I mean, uh, they have so, they had so many guys suspended last game. I think it was three guys on reds as well as a a ton of injuries up and down the board. Um, This would be one that I'd look at the cards for as well, because I don't think these guys – I think these guys love Fallon, (laughs) the opposing players. Um, Fulham have kept the most clean sheets this season in the Prem with three, which is one of the most surprising things that I've seen. But when you look at their quality of competition, that is because the games that they have allowed goals, they allowed two to Arsenal, they allowed five to Man City, and then three to Brentford in the second game of the year, which is the B's only win of the season, which – is a whole nother story. That's a surprise to me that they've only got one win and it's Fulham. Um, I don't think that Chelsea fits into that portfolio of attackers that I just rattled off from Arsenal city and Brentford. I don't think that these guys know what they're doing. I think that there's so much pressure and they're not the type of squad that I'm willing to back at this point in time and say, yeah, they can rise above and go and score two goals. They haven't done it yet this season, actually to point out, they, they have not scored more than, or excuse me, they have not scored more than one goal all season. Whoa! It, it would be it would yeah. be the first game in the prem that they've scored two goals if this goes over. So, I will back recent history here as well as a uh, trash Chelsea side to once again let down and go under one and a half, which is minus one twenty five on Bovada. That was the best juice I could find.
1: Coach, you gotta
2: you gotta follow it up because all right, you, so I'll follow it up. I,
0: to... We're gonna throw the order off just because I had a Chelsea one and it, it, it's similar, not the same. Um, yeah, they're, their only multi-goal performance I think was against the town. They scored three in that match. Other than that, it's been clean sheets or, or one goal performances. Um, so I have Chelsea at Fulham under two and a half at minus one Oh five. I'm going to start by saying early Holland has scored more goals than Chelsea in his time at city since the beginning of last season. Wild Romelu Lukaku has scored more goals than Chelsea in the league since the club loaned him to Roma, uh, which is two in, in the, in the. Th- three matches he's played for Roma um, <laughs> in the same span that they have not scored a goal. And uh, and according to Twitter and Domino's Pizza, UK has delivered roughly 852,600 pizzas since Chelsea has last scored a goal uh, in the league against Town on August 25th. Fulham and Chelsea have each scored five times in six matches. Uh, Andy pointed out the three clean cheats by Fulham against teams that don't have prolific attacks. Um, maybe one of them snaps out of it here, but I'm taking my chances on their scoring woes to continue with that under
1: two and a half, I love it. So I, I'm going to even go out of order in my picks and the way that I pick them, just to to like piggyback off of this energy. And this might actually be like the first time in the history of the show that I am taking an under as well. In my heat rooting
0: prunders, right? Right? Yeah, it's like it, it's it's, the it's just not fun.
1: Yeah, it's not fun. But sometimes it's a winning bet. So I'm going with Bologna taking on Empoli. Under two and a half, it's even money, and I wish Scotty was here on the show because he would destroy me for taking this. He would tell you this is the, the rat line of the century. It, it blew my mind when I saw it. it. It's so good that it's bad. I had to take it. Bologna are coming off of two consecutive scoreless draws. Their defense has actually been pretty solid so far through five games. Definitely the biggest improvement that they've made. Empoli has not scored a goal yet this season. So five, five games, matches. zero goals. This line makes no fucking sense. Even money under two and a half. It, like I, I had to take at first. If I lose the bet and I fuck up our record, I'm sorry. This has to be bet. It, it, like it would be a disservice to the listeners if we didn't go after this line.
0: I I don't know how I missed this one because I looked for a couple unders in Yeah, this week because I, I I'm, I'm gonna. Preface this by saying I hate a lot of the lines in Serie a this week, which is Terrible why I'm not week. picking any Serie A matches yes. on my locks. But I looked at the Udinese under because they haven't been scoring goals. I looked at the Cali under. And the books were on the bolt. They were both like minus 150, minus 160. I don't know how I missed Empoli, but this doesn't make sense to me at even money either. But I, I think at even uh, even money, you have to take it.
1: Have to. Locked it in already. It's bet.
2: Yeah, you, I've said this before uh, on record and off record, but you guys are my main source for Serie A. Stuff so, and I did not know that employee has not scored a goal all season. That is insane.
1: <laughs> yeah. So this is this, is, this is a four or five goal thriller guaranteed, but there's no way we can bet against it.
2: Yeah. Um. It's funny that you said that you're not a b- big fan of of betting unders. That is known. But, uh, me coming in and it happening with me here is funny because talking with DJ who hosts our sharp in the public podcast for NFL betting, it is no secret that we love betting unders. Yeah. In American football, yeah, uh, and we also love taking the most sweaty bet possible, and that is what I did with my second pick, gentlemen. I am going with Luton Town plus one at Everton at minus one twenty-five on Bovada. That is love. the lowest juice that I could find. Uh, they were like minus one forty on a few of the other bigger books, and that are here in the U.S. But sometimes you get a little bit of a deal in the offshore, I guess. So Everton haven't scored a goal all season at home. Not all season as a whole. Unfortunately, that would be pretty funny if it was Everton and not Empoli. Um, They also have not kept a clean sheet in a single game this season. However, this is where I give a little bit of my asterisk to my play to to just caution the listeners. Luton also have not scored this season when on the road. So this would be the first road goal they get or Everton will get their first home goal. Uh, And they have not kept a clean sheet this season either. So That does make me lean the over a bit. I'm not confident enough to put my money on it yet. That might be something I look at when we get closer to game time towards the end of the week. But what this does tell me is that this game is going to be an absolute crapshoot. So if you can get a team at plus one in what surely is going to be a meaningful relegation battle that's early on in the season, um, I think Everton coming off a win as well is is not good for them because I do not see this team stringing together two wins. That would be as surprising as them winning as big as they did over the weekend. Um, yeah, I, I know this Luton side is really poor and this is not the first time I've bet them this season because I love just a gross, ugly, grinded out bet. And Luton town is going to be that all season for us in the Premier League. So, uh, let's do it again with plus one on Saturday. Yeah. They're Saturday against Everton. Love it.
1: Absolutely love it. One thing I want to say before we move on, uh, you mentioned you guys like unders in the NFL primetime games. Unders are the play Uh, bet bet the under in every single primetime game. Let me know how you wound up at the end of the year. It's like absolutely the play.
3: I think they're
2: like nine and two or something. Our night night games are like nine and two to the under or something so far this season. There you have it. something I saw on Twitter.
1: That's a fact. It's insane. You want me to go? Yeah, you go. All right. So I'm going with the team that burned me last week. I'm going with the team that we started off the show with. It's Napoli uh it got to just if you guys have listened to the show before or if this is your very first episode because you love Andy and you love what he's doing and you stuck around to hear <laughs> our bullshit uh you guys know that I will like ride something until it wins to the detriment of my bankroll to the detriment of the record of our show which uh, I hold in very high regard Napoli money line burned me last week. It was at like the same or very similar number.
0: Very similar. I think it was minus 120 last week. Okay. There's
1: no way that Napoli, even with all the turmoil that we spoke about, should be minus 125 at Lecce. This is a must win game. I have to ride this bet again. Um, I I think that Lecce is kind of the team that's overperformed, but. They got beat by Juventus pretty soundly today. It was only a 1-0 game. They did not look good in that game. They didn't even have a shot on target, to my recollection. Um, Juve really could have had three or four goals. I think their goalie played really well. I think there was a couple of misses here and there. I think this has to be a get-right game for Napoli. I, I think um, the OCMN drama, if, if I'm wishful thinking, that maybe will be over by the weekend and he'll decide to suit up. Even if he doesn't, you're going to have guys coming in off the bench that are going to be hungry. There's no way they can lose this one. I mean, I feel like if they lose this game, Garcia's gone, right? So uh, He can be in trouble. Has to be. So minus 125, I say this all the time. It's like when, when you see like Real Madrid at plus money, you just take it regardless of the circumstance. Over the past three or four years, if you see Napoli like at a playable minus 125 on the money line, you just have to take it and I'll let them burn me again.
0: All right. I mean, sometimes stubbornness wins out, right? And you got to go back to the well and sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't, but we'll see what happens in this one. So I, you know, me, I like to go to the Bundesliga once in a while. Uh, Usually it's with Union Berlin. They they've been hurting me a little bit recently. I was tempted to go back because they do have a pretty favorable matchup this week, but I'm going to stay away and I'm going to go with Stuttgart instead, who we actually, uh, we actually threw out there on Twitter last uh, Friday, draw no bet, and they did cash for us. And I'm going to go back to the well with them again. And it's Stuttgart, draw no bet at Cologne, minus 125. Stuttgart has been actually probably the surprise package in the Bundesliga with four wins in, in the first five to open the season. They've scored 17 times oh. uh, already in five matches, allowing seven goals. Um, meanwhile, Cologne is off to a somewhat surprisingly slow start, which is one point in five and only four goals scored. I like Stuttgart to get another positive result in this one preferably a win, obviously, to cash, but you get the protection of the Drono bet at still a decent number, minus 125, since it's a road match on a Friday. Love it. Pretty pretty sure this is a Friday match.
2: Yeah, I I really like Stuttgart this season as a whole, and uh, you were on Union Berlin. You were on their case all last season, and uh, thank you for that. Thank you for that.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you rode while they were still doing it for us. The wheels (laughs) are falling off.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think this this kid, this grassy kid, I believe I said his name right. It's been an absolute stud for Stuttgart, too. I really like him. My uh, my roommate here in Charlotte is a big, big Stuttgart fan, and he watches all the games where uh, I, I've seen a little bit of Garassi and I'm like, oh, my God, this kid's good. I, I was reading something that he turned down Chelsea and it makes sense because Chelsea doesn't like to score goals and Garassi likes to score <laughs> goals. Highest
0: rated player on Sofa score um, per match rating uh, right now through five match weeks uh, wow. in all the Bundesliga. Yeah,
2: Insanity.
0: Um, Speaking
2: of lots of goals, we touched on it earlier. I hinted at it a little bit. Maybe not as heavy as I did my Chelsea play, but I am going to go and bet on the game at 1230 on Saturday. Yes, sir. It's going to be the over three and a half for Liverpool Spurs. It's at minus 102 on Bovada right now. Which is great. I think it's a minus one oh five in a lot of other spots. So um, just watch that juice if you want to see it. If, if it starts to flick up towards minus one ten, minus one fifteen, then then jump in if you're not comfortable jumping in now. But um, I I love the over here just because as I said before, three-one either way or two two just feels right. At the matchup in April, we saw four three final score at Anfield with a bunch of goals at the end of the game. I think potch is going to target that right defensive side for Liverpool because whether it's Joe Gomez or Trent, I think if you go after that right side, it is going to leave us a bit exposed. Um, I also think that like, yes, we have allowed the second least goals in the league, but with the XGA stats that I rattled off, it just doesn't make sense to me that, um, we're getting all this defensive hype for, and I I just think that from what I've been able to watch week in week out, it really, this matchup really scares me with how on fire son has been. Now I, I would love to be able to um, talk to you guys after the match and be like, Oh yeah, we did it. Like we actually held him. Like we were, we contained him, but just because I have a feeling they're going to let him run a little bit farther left than going his central route. That's been so successful for him this season. Um, I think that they're going to at least get one or two, And our offense has been so good that it would be foolish for me not to back us to score a few goals. I don't see them pocketing our guys. We're going to find one way or the other. Um, Hopefully, Soboslai is one of them. That's my, uh, that's my bold prediction. Soboslai goal, but we'll go with Liverpool Spurs over three and a half.
1: Man. And I, I'm going to pull it up. I actually, I don't know if it's, let's see if it's live here. I'll tell you a bet that I really love that. I've like, just started taking so far this year is um more goals in a particular half so the highest scoring half in this game is minus 120 for the second half i love that bet i i mean i probably if i looked at it, if i thought about it earlier i maybe would have even made it a lock but it seems to me like this is a game like you get one goal in the first half you're cruising towards an over everything explodes in that second half um just something to keep an eye on but minus 120 for highest scoring half second half is a bet I really like.
3: That's
2: on brand for Liverpool games this year, too. Right. Very, very on brand that the second half is where a lot of the action happens. So I don't mind that at all. Is there a specific book that you look at when you're taking those?
1: So, yeah, we, we typically give out uh, DraftKings odds um, just because it's the most widely available book, I think, in the States. Um, and I know for it's sure. what the, the guys use personally up in New York and Connecticut. But, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll check them all, quite honestly. I, I mean, I use Bovada because I'm here in Florida. DraftKings usually has some pretty solid odds. So that's where I'm able to find that bet.
2: Yeah. Good to know I can find it on Bovada here in North Carolina too, but yeah. January 3rd can't come soon enough.
1: Oh, you're not kidding. <laughs> Flor- Florida's like, they keep pushing it back a week. Keep pushing it back a week. It's supposed to be live like two or three weeks ago. So I'm out here tweeting at the hard rock every single day. If you guys have seen it. <laughs> um. All right. Let me wrap up my picks here. I am going with Sassuolo taking on Monza. Over three, this is the Asian handicap line. It's minus 115. Sasuolo are back, and when I say they're back, I mean they are back to the team that averages about a 1,000 goals in each one of their games. Six goal thrillers in two straight, four in the game before that, two plus in all five in the league. Monza has also had two plus in every single match this year. I think we very hopefully get to four in a full cash in this one. But I like that protection at over three, minus one fifteen. Um, just you got to ride the hot hand, and and Sassuolo has been doing it for us. So,
0: yeah, That's the one Sassuolo yeah. overs, uh, nothing, nothing like them, right? For All sure. right, I'm uh, going to go to an over for my last one too. Sticking in the Bundesliga, it's Bayer Leverkusen team total over two and a half at mines at plus one seventy. Big number here for one that I, I see is very likely to happen. Mines is off to a dreadful start, similar to Cologne with just one point. They've allowed 14 goals in five matches. Meanwhile, Leverkusen has the joint second-best attack in the Moodens League with those 17-goal scores, uh, tied with Stuttgart. So uh, kind of a similar matchup here with Leverkusen to Mines as you are with the Stuttgart-Cologne. Um, I think Stutt- uh, Leverkusen gets three in this one, and I think they cruise to victory. Um, they've been hot, and Mines has not. And Mines' defense is, is worse than what we've seen from Cologne. That's why I'm going with the team total in this one. Love it. Plus 170. Let's bang. All right, let's give out Scott's three. Nick, and we'll bounce oh, back yeah, forth. Yeah. You could take his first one.
1: Let's see. Oh well, I, I already <laughs> told you guys. I think this is foreshadowing. He is going with Milan team total over one and a half. It's at minus 120. Very similar number to the money line there. Um, so told you, if he's at that game, this is an absolute lock. Put your entire bankroll on it. Milan haven't scored two goals in a match um, since the start of this month, but Lazio has not had a clean sheet yet this year. We've talked about their woes. They have allowed two-plus goals in two out of their three road matches. The chances have been there literally all season long for me on that Newcastle game in the Champions League springs to mind where I believe they had nine shots on target over 20 shots total. They've had a little bit of trouble putting the ball in the net, but they are, I I mean, their XG every single game has to be about three. They've really been on top of it. The new signings have gelled pretty immediately. Um, uh, Liao's looked really, really good to start the year. Lazio's defense is awful. This is a great bet to team total. Over one and a half, minus 120.
0: All right. His second one is one that I really liked. Uh, I probably would have taken it if he hadn't beaten me to it. It's Brighton draw no bet, minus 115 at Aston Villa. Uh, Villa have been up and down the past month, he says. Started with lopsided wins against Everton, Hibernian, and Burnley before faltering against Liverpool and Legio, Warsaw. Uh, They pulled out a win against 10 man Chelsea, but that's nothing to brag about these days, he says. Brighton should roll at minus 115, draw no bet. Like it. His last one.
1: I believe uh, he did this last week, and I think it cashed, right, Coach? Yeah, last week
0: was Brighton and Newcastle. I, I think plus 105 or so he cashed. He's
1: doing a money line parlay again. Arsenal and Newcastle both on the money line. This will pay minus 105. Arsenal taking on Bournemouth. Newcastle home against Burnley. Um it was actually 11-1 on aggregate last week, but, I mean, Newcastle put up a, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. So um, <laughs> a lot on them, but still that's that's three goals, you know, from the other side. So he's going back to the well, two games where he loves the favorites, think they get the job done, and this payout is going to be just about even money.
0: All right, and we will close out with our pod lock, which uh, is Real Madrid money line minus 115 at Girona. Uh, Girona right now is actually ahead of Real Madrid in the Saints. They're second in in La Liga. They do play midweek, all these teams, so that could change by the weekend. Um, We just feel like this is a a good spot to get Real Madrid at minus 115, coming off that loss to Atlético, which was one of my locks that I I did not get to cash last week. Uh, I actually predicted Morata would burn me, and he did. Um, (laughs) So we like Real to bounce back. Again, they do play midweek before this, so they could bounce back sooner, but we do like them on the road. Close to even money, not something you get all the time with Real Madrid against uh, one of these types of teams.
1: Absolutely. Podlock gets back on track after uh, two straight losses, unfortunately.
0: All right. And added Andy, motivation,
2: too, yeah. that they
0: are uh, below them in the table. Definitely. Yeah. So, Andy, we thank you for coming on. Great stuff. We get your locks this week as well. So tell everybody where they can find you, what you guys are doing I, I, over on your site and uh, all the great content you're putting out. Yeah.
2: So again, can't express my appreciation enough for you guys and all the work you do um, and have being able to have me on. Um, I love coming on and, and talking some footy with you guys. So, seriously, the, the pleasure is all mine. Uh, you guys can follow me at Andy HH Sports on Twitter. And you can check us out at happyhoursports.net, where last month we were able to roll out a brand new interface and brand new layout for our website, where you'll be getting some of the best content when it comes to football talk, football betting. Uh, whether it's college, NFL, as well as a lot of stuff with soccer, MMA, hockey coming up, NBA coming up. Uh, Can't express enough how excited we are for the fall with the website and a lot more new writers coming on board. So uh, you will be seeing a lot of awesome content coming up from us. And uh, yeah, appreciate you guys having me on and appreciate everyone for listening.
0: Yeah, thanks, Evan, for coming on. Definitely check out their site, all the great stuff they're doing, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week, hopefully with a lot more winners than we've had the last two weekends.